I've been talking about Hoffman Boots for a very long time. You guys know that I'm a huge fan of this company. And it's not just the great products that they make. It's the story behind the company and the people that run it. This generational family of shoemakers right here in North Idaho makes some of the best hunting boots and pack boots and lineman boots and all your boot needs right in one place at HoffmanBoots.com. For us hunters, I highly recommend the Explorer. And I don't care if you're running in the 6-inch or the 8-inch or the 10-inch. Personally, I, I love my 8-inch Explorers. They've got the Vibram sole. They are totally waterproof. There's no break-in period. Guys, you can't go wrong with Hoffman Boots because you get all that without breaking the bank. So check them out at HoffmanBoots.com and use promo code all caps lock Huntsman 10 at checkout for 10% off and find out why I have been wearing my Hoffman boots for years and years. Don't be one of those people that have it in their mind that Savage Arms is the same firearms that your grandpa was running around with 40 years ago. It's not. Big game hunting rifles that you can count on. I love my Savage Firearms. I have got the Savage 110 Hunter, uh, and my daughter is uh, pretty happy with this 110, 110 Apex Hunter XP. Um, the AccuTrigger is a really interesting little piece to this firearm, and it's a new piece of technology that uh, if you've never tried one, you should, because it'll make you more accurate. It's it's a much easier, higher quality firearm than anything else I've got out there, and I've, I've got a lot of firearms, guys, and so... If you're in the market for a new hunting rifle, make sure you visit SavageArms.com because I promise you, you're going to find something that is accurate, easy to handle, easy to use, long range, functional, just a high quality weapon that you could take to the field and have a lot of confidence that when the time comes, you've got that Savage backing you up and you're going to be notching a tag. Check it out. SavageArms.com. Let them know the Western Huntsman sent you. Thanks, guys. There exists a threat, from anti-hunting groups to politicians trying to give our land away, and we won't stand for it. Those vast western landscapes provide the space for our wildlife to thrive, and a place for hunters and anglers to fuel the fire that sparks their soul. In this show, we share our love of hunting, fishing, and conservation. Here, we provide the foundation to meet these threats through passion and the grit of the American outdoorsman. Welcome to the Western Huntsman Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the Western Huntsman Podcast. This is Jim Huntsman, your host, coming at you from the Broken Time Studio and brought to you by Eastman's Hunting Journals. I've got my pal, smiles and all, Mike Costello on, who is now, uh, if you guys have listened for a while, I think this is like the third or fourth time you've been on, brother. Um, the legend of Mike Costello lives on. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the legend of that's uh that's big. I I cannot listen to your intro without smiling. <laughs> I, the, it's the music like part the no the energy like you yeah. know just because you're smiling when you say it like the energy that you put into your intro i get excited then, man this is fun stuff yeah it's awesome and yeah. and the fact that you've got a relationship with eastman's now is is so cool yeah they're Amazing. 
They're a good group of dudes. I I did just get an ominous text from Reekers. He's like, call me this afternoon after the uh, regarding this latest episode you put out. And I'm like, oh man, what Uh-oh. did I say? I might be in Uh-oh. trouble. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> but um whoops. Yeah, I'm sure it's nothing, but um they're uh it's it's working out. It works out good, man. Eastman's is a you know, they're they've got a long history and a um you know, just I, I was a kid reading Eastman's magazine, so it's just it's cool for me. But yeah. so Mike, you are now fully with uh, Halfer Wildlife, huh? Mostly, mostly, <laughs> mostly. Huh? Um, yeah, when you're not like hunting. in terms of like, yeah, when I'm not hunting or or looking at real estate stuff, um, not trying to find a piece of dirt to rehab um, for critters. Um, yeah, I'm I'm diving in like full strength into the 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 wildlife the hunting as a mechanism for wildlife management mechanism like diving in full 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 speed on that and howl is i think um how's just so good at it like howl for wildlife is so good at giving hunters and even non-hunters non-hunters who care about you know hunting rights and conservation giving people a place where they can have like a fast effective efficient you know engagement with decision makers whether it be a commission or a senate committee or something like that um anything that's going to affect hunting policy and and even you know public lands access you know we can get involved in and really direct energy to and and have positive outcomes i feel like anybody that um listens to this show knows who hal is uh and and so you know we've we've talked about hal a few times on on this program uh whether with you or whether with other people and and we've talked about you know i i've had opinions as to what action steps need to take place to actually move the needle and uh i i think that it's it's one of the tools that we need out there. Yeah, you know, I I don't think that like there is one solution, right, Mike? And 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 like there's there's a like this myriad of solutions that we need to come up with. And Hal has kind of transformed um over the years and and I feel like the effectiveness of what what you guys cuz it, it's pretty new, right? What what are you what is Hal like 3 years old now? Um from actually being out yeah, 2 years. Two, is it two? two is it only two? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. two years. Why it was, is it? Um, man? It was like, like January of 2022 that how really came on the scene with the Action Center, and it was it was the 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 big the first big issue that how really dove in on was the California the second attack on hunting bears yeah, in California the bear, the bear hunt and everybody yeah. just wrote everybody's like, ah even California's like, oh you're you're gonna lose bear hunting told you so like. You know, you're going to lose it. HSUS is going to win. The commission's in their back pocket, all this stuff. And and at the time, I, I didn't know Charles, um, who created Howl, but we were working in parallel on, like, we've got to activate the base. We've got to activate the individual hunter to show up, show up being, you know, email, call, and literally physically show up on the in the commission meetings. Um, because that isn't what we'd been doing. Like, the reason we always lose quote always lose we don't always lose but the reason we feel that way is because we're often not there as a community as individuals and so yeah charles yeah re- released howl um version you know 1.0 uh 
I think it was in January or February of, of, uh, of 2022. And that's when we piled in, we being people nationwide, were able to speak oh, yes. through the action center there to the commission mm-hmm. um, with emails, with calls. And, um, and we won, like we, we won resoundingly with the unanimous vote from the commission here in California against this HSUS petition to ban bear hunting. Um, and yeah, since then, I don't even know if then, it's been yeah. really brought up in California since then. I'm sure it will again at some point because, you know, the anti-hunting movement, they, they you know, they don't like to take breaks. Um, no, they don't, they don't go away. They, they don't go, go somewhere away. else. Yeah, they go they somewhere just, else. But they, they don't they go just away. They just refocus somewhere else. It's like a Todd. They're like toddlers, man. They'll, they'll throw a tantrum there. And then when that doesn't work, they go find another reason to throw a tantrum. And, and so, yeah. You know, and, and so like, God, I can't believe that was 2022. Why is it like, I think about, um, it you know, may have been like, 21. It's possible. I, I lose track of time. So yeah, if it was 21, it I would I be happy I to be know. corrected. <laughs> it's just weird. Like I think of things that I did in 2015 and it seems like two weeks ago, you know, and, the, and like other the nineties were just a decade ago. Right. Right. I know. Yeah. Were, yeah. Yeah. Like 12 years ago, it was 1996. You know, I, I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> Tell me you're old without without telling me you're old. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's so crazy to even think like uh, just the way time moves as you get older and, and the way it, it just ebbs and flows. And, and just my grandpa said it best when I when I joined the Marines. He's like, he's like, man, you know, your time in the military, it's going to go by so slow because you've got this end of enlistment date you're looking at, you know, and you're like counting down the days when you're in. And then he's like, then you're going to get out and the years are just going to tick by, brother. And man, he was so right with it was like one of the most prolific premonitions I've ever heard from from somebody. And so anyway, um, I don't need to complain about being old here. I, I what I was hoping you'd do before we really kick this off is, you know, everybody for, for obviously anybody that doesn't know what how for wildlife is jump on howforwildlife.org. Uh, they are a, an action center, an organization uh, designed to really like my, my, what the way I look at it is if there's an issue, let's say spring bear in California, they're able to get out to the masses and, and make it so like when we lose a spring bear season, like they did in Washington, it's not a surprise, right? Uh, people know about stuff now and, and they're able to get that information out and also have the, the masses, uh, us hunters um, get involved without having to put, you know, an extraordinary time and, and effort and, and money and, and stuff like that into it. And, and it, it's, yeah. it's an effective way. So like with that said, that was my real hillbilly way of describing Howl. Um, if you want to add anything to that, but mostly what I want to do is is kind of reflect on what do you think Hal has done um, very successfully over the last couple of years that that really moved the needle. I think the Action Center is the biggest needle mover. Um, we've had wins. I, I there's been literally dozens, probably forty or fifty different action items hosted there. Um, mostly positive outcomes how the the big ones of course the protecting bear hunting in california was massive massive yeah um we played a part in driving nationwide engagement advocacy towards the senate committee that was sitting 
on the mountain lion hunting ban in Colorado last year. And we were able to direct thousands of email messages, which I, I think it's important when an email message comes through our action center, it doesn't have the how fingerprint on it. The recipient, you know, the senator, the commissioner that receives that email, it comes from you, Jim Huntsman. It doesn't come from us. Yeah. And so it's it's and 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 it's also set up so that the messages can be very authentic and unique with every one of them. So so and, you can, and like, you can edit your own. You can edit it. You can put yeah, your own you value your statement own in there. And, and so to, to add to that play, we put it apart there. Yeah. And Mike, what, what I like about that to add to that, because like if you're a legislator and all of a sudden you get 200 emails and they all say the same subject line and the same, mm-hmm. you know, from howl.org or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that a lot of that is just going to get go right to the, the delete file or whatever. Yeah, That's what's nice about the way you guys have done that is it makes it look like it, it's coming from multiple different people. And I've heard. And it is. It doesn't just yeah, look like it. Because it, it, it is. It, it yeah, is. It, it because actually it is. is. That's what's important. So, um, yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. Sorry. I, I kind of cut you off there. No, no. And then like there was a smaller one that it was it was Vermont or Maine. It had to do with the use of live rabbits in coursing trials for for dogs. And in the anti-hunting industry, they, a lot of them go after anything dog-related. Like, it's abusive yeah. to train your dog to chase animals. Well, dogs have been doing this since the beginning of time. That's what um, they do, man. They, they like it. I mean, look at the wolves. They like it, too. <laughs> right? And so that's another rabbit hole. But we, um, I think it was perceived that this legislation, which would eliminate the ability to use live hares, live rabbits, in coursing trials, was going to just sail right on through. Like, who, who would ever protect this activity right yeah and um and we had you know between a thousand two thousand authentically different emails from people nationwide communicate to the the committee the legislative committee that was holding that bill that that they believed in it supported it and didn't want this legislation to go through and it was like 10 times as much advocacy in support of or in opposition to that bill that they expect. And they're like, ah, maybe this isn't a winner. Like maybe this legislation to outlaw the use of live hairs in coursing trails isn't such a good idea. And they tabled it. So this was voices nationwide coming to the protection of a very small segment of the community in a, you know, a niche area of the community that we thought shouldn't be picked on. Yeah. And, and how I'll really, I think our, the message at Howl is becoming more crystallized and it's that, you know, trapping, hunting, angling, whether it's bow hunting, crossbow, long range rifle, what, what, you know, all methods of take have a place, hound hunting, you know, hunting Mm -hmm. with hounds, using dogs in, in hunting, whether it's retrieve, you know, uh, tracking, uh, pursuing, et cetera. All of these methods of take have a place on the landscape. And the only group of people that should be deciding which method to take is employed and allowed is the biologists and the commissions that hold that that are charged with the that are charged with the responsibility of of maintaining opportunity while maintaining sustainable populations of critters. It shouldn't be the ballot box and it shouldn't be the legislature 99% of the time. Are you sure, Mike? I mean, I always thought that, you know, your average hipster hanging out at Starbucks has a lot of experience, knowledge, 
and and a wide berth of information. They, they at feel their that they do. They yeah, feel yeah, that they, they, they feel that they manage do. wildlife. Just you know, yeah. Just like I should be a downtown Seattle city planner. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know. Trust the science, unless you feel <laughs> you feel a certain way about the fuzzy unless critters. you don't agree with it. Yeah. Right. Unless you don't yeah. agree with it. Man, I got yeah. uh, like on on a side note. I've got a. I've got the Howl uh, website pulled up here on my right, on my my yeah. screen to the right here, and then I've got it's got a just a handsome fella of a bear right at top, right at the top there. Uh you've got that big. Does it look like this bear? bear? <laughs> well, no, he's he's Not the darker. Same. Nope, he's okay. uh, uh, jet black bear. Okay. And and then I've got your bear behind you on the screen. That big that big fella. And and I've got this little guy behind me that's on the wall. So now now I'm like I, I just want to talk about spring bear hunting. Man. You want to talk about <laughs> Let's talk. Jim, it's coming. Jim's triggered. Jim's triggered. Let's talk about bear hunting. My oh, we, we all love bear in. hunting. We all we all you know it's funny like going down the bear hunting rabbit hole. Um, I and this will translate into the next thing I want to talk about. Okay. The the anti hunters always say, "Oh, bears not edible," and it's like. The, the entire reason like bear, bears at one time were rare in North America. Like w- the human humans in North America did actually get close to eliminating black bears in North yes. America. We made them rare and we almost extirpated them from North America because of market hunting, because people would hunt bears, which are now considered inedible by the anti hunters. They, people would hunt bears to take them, take the meat down into all the sophisticated bougie restaurants in San Francisco and yep. Portland and Seattle and, that's what and was Salt popular. Lake City. Yeah. It's like bear was on the menu right there with oh, elk. Yeah. And, you know, and so it, it was one of the core meats on the menu in, in the 1800s and for in early 1900s because it was market hunted to put yeah. on the menu that's the only time and the only reason bears have ever been considered at risk is because of market hunting so now was, they say that now they say it's not edible it's like it's fantastic meat yeah it's great it's it's probably depending on what you do with it it's it's uh it's my favorite wild game meat and and in the 1800s that's that was the case you know people didn't really hunt deer for the venison they hunted deer for the hide you know back in those days and and they their, their preference not that they wouldn't eat the deer but their their preference was bear meat uh, even yeah. even the frontiersmen and people settling the west that was uh that that was the thing the bear meat yeah. was was kind of that that premier meat to have and and deer was just kind of a you know if you can't get a bear deer will suffice right and, and <laughs> yeah. bear fat man rendered yeah, bear, bear fat, fat is amazing do it's an animal that just has they're such a resource Yep. And honestly, Mike, like everybody kind of knows my podcast because of school of September and talking about mm-hmm. September archery elk season. And, and is that my favorite season? Absolutely. It is. I, I love screaming bull elk and I, I like to launch arrows at them. Right. Yeah. yeah. But man, it is not far behind when I talk about bear hunting, bear hunting has, and this hasn't always been the thing I'm, I'm kind of new to the bear hunting world i've only been doing it five or six years and and it really is one of my favorite hunts i yeah. I, I love spring bear i love fall bear i don't care if i'm baiting i don't care if i'm doing a little spot and stock i'd love to go with a houndsman uh, yeah. one day because they could be really selective you know and yeah. I, I just love it all I, I and i love i love watching the bears man and that's why baiting so much fun but uh, i just yeah. anyway i don't mean to turn well, that's the, and that's the cool thing i think that's the other thing that, that folks don't understand is 
we go into the woods and seeing the animals like is a high point whether you have a tag in your pocket or not mm -hmm. whether you're whether you're taking a shot at that animal trying to harvest it or not like seeing those like seeing them and studying them and watching their behavior is always is always so great like it's not just go out and you know spray and pray you know just just yeah. just shoot 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 them all like that's just it's just not what the hunting ethic is anymore um and so I think that's a, a, a an interesting character trait that we've got that not enough people understand is that like if anybody wants critter success, it's the people that are hunting the critters. Yeah. Like yeah. we want we want abundant like I want there to be plenty of bears. I also want there to be plenty of deer, plenty of elk, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, to a to a certain degree we're 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 rooting for the underdog and the and the prey species a lot. But bears are fantastic. But Isn't about it? the the inedible thing. There's an initiative coming up in Colorado, um, which is why which is why I hit you up because I think there's something that everybody that hunts in North America needs to be tuned into and get behind to support. There's an initiative in Colorado this year. Um, it's expected to be on the ballot in November. The leading headlines to get this initiative passed are about trophy hunting and about the fact that mountain lion is quote inedible can can i i want to i want to jump in right here real quick yeah. because i i want to get into the the meat of this this initiative 91 no pun intended with that by the way <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was slick <laughs> i'm not that smart that was a total uh, accident man i wish i wish my mind worked that fast, right that <laughs> i i the you you made mention of every hunter in north america and why it's important that they understand this and and i i couldn't agree more man because the thing that that we're talking about with with the uh, in respect to Initiative ninety one in Colorado, that is essentially a a ban uh, on on mountain lion and, and bobcat hunting and the way they're going to phrase it through trophy hunting and and uh, also running it through through ballot box um, you know biology whatever we call that the thing that really strikes me that why every hunter in North America should be aware of this is 20 years ago in Colorado, it would have been laughable to suggest that something like this would have even been brought up. Mm -hmm. Okay, we expect this kind of stuff. We No no offense to you, Mike, you're in California, <laughs> but no. we expect that kind of stuff in California, right? Yep. We expect this kind of stuff in New Jersey and New York. Yeah. We don't expect this kind of stuff out of, out of Colorado. And, and I, I don't even, I, I think possibly saying 20 years might be even too far of a reach. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Colorado has not been a blue state for very yeah. long anyway. And, and yeah. so um, I, I want that to be strikingly obvious to the listeners that think, Oh, well, if we're going to just talk about a Colorado issue, I don't want to listen in yeah. kind of thing. I, I maybe reconsider because uh, again, I grew up going to Colorado. I, I lived right next door in Utah when I was a kid in the eighties and nineties and whatnot. We'd go to Colorado and, and it, it was just this normal cultural hunting place, right? The yep. fishing and hunting was in, in agriculture. This was top of mind stuff. Yeah. Uh, and the, and the Denver Broncos have always sucked, but, uh, Oh no. Who said, did you say that? Mike? 
Or did is I say? that is that is that relevant? But no, it's not. I don't. I mean, even, I don't even a, watch football. It's not man. relevant, but it's important to you. So let's keep it. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's actually not. I don't watch football, but I, I, any chance I get to make fun of a team, just so everybody knows, I'm equally picking on everybody. That's fun. Uh, I, I make fun of whatever football team. So anyway, no. The point. The point is, is uh, you know, seriously, 10, 10, 15, 20 years ago, the thought of of uh, any kind of initiative in the state of Colorado to ban hunting. Uh, yeah. uh, of mountain lions and bobcats, that would have been just absolutely ludicrous, unheard of, and it wouldn't have gone anywhere. Yeah. And and so here we are when we talk about don't think that this can't come to your state. And because you live in Texas or Montana or Idaho or, you know, Illinois, this this isn't relevant to you. It certainly is. So. Yeah. So the 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 organizations I call I just collectively call them the anti-hunting industry. I yeah. refuse to give them the blessing of calling them animal rights activists. Because if you're an animal rights activist, you care about more than one species, you care about you you should care about human participation in the landscape. Um and you should care about the fact that, you know, one mountain lion kills 30 some odd deer a year like so if you're an animal rights activist you, you're going to see both sides of the deal these the anti-hunting industry we know that they go after predators most commonly um they have said in colorado and about colorado that you know they want to go after the low-hanging fruit which is go after the predator hunting the mountain lion hunting Mm-hmm. And and then after going after the low hanging fruit, they want to chop off the branch. Then they want to chop down the tree. They want to take down the whole forest. And what they're talking about is they want to go after one method of take or one species that's harvested and managed, and then go after the next one and the next one and the next one. So the anti hunting industry has clearly stated and, and 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 demonstrated that their intent is to remove human participation from nature and remove remove hunting altogether. Um, so this prop 91 is, it's a, it's a, going to be a ballot box initiative that is expected to be on the, the cat on the, on the calendar, on the ballot in November. And the, the proponents of this initiative have gotten it through, um, after about four months of delay that our side injected into the process we got about four months of delay i'll i'll speak to that in a minute but they're out there p- collecting signatures on it now and they have to collect about one hundred eighty thousand signatures in colorado to get that onto the ballot um but the crazy thing is is their lead their lead headlines are going to be focused on that mountain lion is inedible which is a lie and not only is it inedible in the community that hunts mountain lions frequently that's their favorite meat. Mm-hmm. Like, I know a lot so, of people that swear by mountain lion meat. Yeah. And, and you yeah. know, uh, it, it's, it really is. It's, yeah. It's, so it's, it's a lie. So yeah. They have to lie and they're lying to the non-hunting public. That's they always do. Swayed. So they're, they're lying on that and they're using this trophy hunting slogan and they've manipulated the word trophy hunting to be, be something bad. And it's not everybody envisions. Oh yeah. Like, you know, hacking tusks off of an elephant to leave the, leave the carcass to die in Africa. Somehow that, you know, global poaching visual, um, international poaching visual has been applied to big game hunting in North America, which is asinine. Um, because, the the hunting of mountain lions is one of the most regulated hunts in Colorado. Um, they've got a tremendous Colorado CPW's got a tremendous 
you know, army of biologists that that are involved in all of the big game species and and truly want to see success for all of the big game species, including mountain lions. Um, but the, they're going after this there. And it's not, you know, we talked about this is important for all hunters. I have I've never hunted in Colorado. I have points there. I think everybody in North America that hunts is a is a current past or future hunter of big game in Colorado. Like who doesn't aspire to to high mountain high alpine hunting of mule deer in Colorado? Maybe maybe I'm maybe not everybody, but talk about I, an I'd iconic there's some iconic experiences that relate to hunting in Colorado. And if we lose this there, you know, Colorado is the mule deer factory of North America. If we lose the ability to manage mountain lions through hunting, which is a sustainable mechanism, the mule deer population is going to take the biggest hit. Domestic livestock, domestic pets will probably take a hit. Elk will take a hit. You, t- you lose the uh, ability to manage and harvest bobcats. Deer will take a hit there as well, yep. as will a lot of your small game species. And a lot of people don't think that, Mike, but have you seen that video of that bobcat that pounces on that mule deer bedeau? And like, and, it kills her. It gets her. Like, oh, yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's like a little bigger than a house cat, right? You don't think anything of it. She's trying to kick him and nope, she ta- that, that thing takes that deer down. The, the cat, the cats, cats that hunt. I mean, they're, they're, they're amazing. Like oh, I'll, I'll get, yeah, you they're know, crazy. they're amazing to watch. They are the most lethal solo killers out there. Um, yeah. they are, it's phenomenal, but yeah, bobcats, bobcats take down adult does. I, um, I think that probably that's adult, a... adult bucks too, but they also take down a, yeah. plenty of, of, of uh fawns fawns is i think what the primary thing is with uh with bobcats but uh it just is i i i like to point that kind of stuff out because it surprises me that that does happen and i I don't think that that's a norm where a a bobcat's taking a full-size mature deer out yeah Uh, but it does it can happen it does happen that video proves it um but there's you know one thing uh that i really like what and i always get something out of having you on the show mike that always kind of sticks with me like uh, I, you had said something the first time you were on the show. You know, hunting is human, and mm-hmm. and hunting is you know that that's the, it is a part of humanism, and and I've been yep. kind of talking about that ever since. Uh, but you've always got really sharp perspective on some of this stuff, and and so um, one thing that you brought up is I always call it the anti-hunting movement. And you're referring to it as the anti-hunting industry. It's an industry. And, and I like that because it's it, it's so true. It's not, I mean, sure, it can be defined as a movement if you want, but but it really is an industry because I think that a lot of what they pursue is is anti-human and uh anti anti-hunting because hunting is human, right? And but yep. but they generate a lot of money. And sometimes I wonder if these this this anti-hunting industry does the uh, you know they approach this bit by bit like like you've been talking about uh what where it's you know one bite at a time kind of scenario because if they were to be successful let's say uh, uh, the uh, what's the word for that well they can't actually come out and say what they want yeah they They can't can't come out and say what what they they want want. and if they if they were somehow successful out of the blue of eliminating hunting they'd be out of a job right and yep. so it's like, it's like, 
it's really good insight. I, I just like the term industry because it really is an industry. It's a, there's there's like multiple cottage industries out of it, and then yeah. the industry of it itself. Um, and well, I'm going to start. Totally most the money, play, most yeah, of the I'm money, most that. of the money, most of the money on this issue, both for the Wolf Initiative and for this mountain lion hunting and bobcat hunting ban in Colorado. Most of the money is coming from out of out of state of Colorado. This is not a this is not a homespun Colorado initiative, and this is where we as a hunting community need to realize. We think about oh, you know, it's not my state, or no, it's not my species that I hunt, or no, that's that's not you know, I don't I don't participate in in that method of take, so I don't care. They leverage the fact that we view what we do, what we take, where we hunt in a very fractured or fragmented view. They fundraise nationally mm-hmm. and they attack locally. We think locally and we act locally. Um, and that's and that's our that's our weak spot. So that's like our that's like our, our weak under that's our you know underbelly, our soft underbelly is they can come at us that way. And this is where we um we need to level up the game. We need to level up the game both mm-hmm. through how we can be advocates for ourselves and for each other through like the action center where the action center on Howell doesn't work for this issue is it's going to go to the ballot box. There's no Senate committee for us to talk to. There's no commissioners to talk to on this. This is going to go to the ballot box in Colorado. And so what do we do? Like, what can I do as a Californian? What can somebody in Tennessee or Florida or Montana do to help, block this and make sure that this isn't successful hey Um, i I shut my video off for just a minute let my internet catch up if you guys are into shooting the copper bullets man i got a great deal for you we have partnered with barnes bullets they are world famous known for that vortex rifle the deadliest most accurate hunting loads on the planet i like this company guys because i have a personal connection to these guys on uh, down in central utah uh, my dad's got this ranch, and uh, on the way to the ranch, you drive past this uh, Barnes Bullets factory, and it's it's a really cool building just kind of out in the middle of nowhere. So I know them well. These all-copper bullets provide destructive power, double diameter expansion, maximum weight retention, and devastating energy transfer, all with excellent accuracy. It's a great choice for Western big game, game hunters and shooters everywhere. So check them out at BarnesBullets.com, and let me know what you guys think. I appreciate it. You've heard my Silencer Central ads, I'm sure. And I don't know if you have reached out and contacted them yet. If you're interested in a silencer, though, man, this is the way to go. Silencer Central from the start to finish, because it's quite the process. If you've never gotten a suppressor for one of your rifles, you've got to go through and do the ATF paperwork and the background checks and all that kind of stuff. But the cool part is, is Silencer Central takes care of it all. It's a several-month process, and so what's cool about it is if you don't want to drop all that money right at the top uh, end of this whole process, you can just get a hold of them, and you can do like a payment plan while they're taking care of all the paperwork on the back end. I have the Banish 30, uh, and this thing is awesome. I've never used one of these before, so I'm like learning as as I go along, but what I what I was getting at is from start to finish, Silencer Central has been some of the most amazing people I've ever worked with through the process. They treated me like I was family, and I really appreciated it. You guys should check them out, and you can call them at 866-891-4494. 
or check it out at silencercentral.com. It will be worth your time, I promise. And yeah. so ju- just to clarify, Mike, um, it, with with people listening, you know, the what he's saying is such as the Wolves being reintroduced into Colorado was a ballot box issue. Uh, they're doing the same thing with banning this mountain lion and bobcat hunting. Can you and, and that's what they're trying to do. So essentially, November of 2024, when everybody goes to vote for, uh, well, in Colorado, they're going to be going uh, pulling the trigger for Biden, right? Mr. Oatmeal Brains himself. And um, who's uh, Mike? Somebody keeps talking shit on this show. I don't know who it is. It's, it can't be me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway, but at the same time, they're doing that. There's going to be this little thing. I like to I like to really break things down to a, a very obvious point, Mike, because I know there's yep. people that are like me that when somebody says, well, it's going to be a ballot box initiative, it might not hit them. So basically, yep. when they're in the voting booth voting for presidents and senators and all sorts of legislators and, and other initiatives, one of the questions is going to be, do you think we should end um, – mountain lion and uh bobcat hunting you know blah 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 it's going to be real vague yep real, really vague uh and and it'll probably have some fancy name like protect our mountain lion predators or something like that that, that they'll hear yep. about before getting there so they'll think it's got this uh, positive connotation which it doesn't so um can you describe mike what is the uh yeah you'd mentioned the trophy hunting aspect of it can you kind of can you break that down what what they're using that phrase as yes so the initial title that they wanted to use was to ban trophy hunting and well and and because over the last you know 20 years the concept of trophy hunting has moved from being this you know what's now poaching what is poaching to uh, any kind of north american big game hunting where you take a picture of the animal they wanted to ban trophy hunting and um because it pulls well like in the non-hunting public banning trophy hunting pulls well because they're uninformed and the coloradans for responsible wildlife management is the organization that's leading they are the tip of the spear to to win and defeat this initiative they've already by challenging the 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 title to ban trophy hunting they've got the title removed to to where it is a little more ambiguous which is like you talked about but trophy hunting is still in the statute so there's the title then there's the nuts and bolts of the actual regulation regulation that goes in the law trophy hunting is still in the, the in the statute and they basically define trophy hunting it outlaws trophy hunting which is intentional pursuit or killing of mountain lions and bobcats. Well, where, where where do they define that? Is that is that like on that website? In the law, it's in the law, and so intentional um, pursuit. Yeah. So, well, what is hunting? Same thing. What is fishing? Same thing, and it, it's Same it's thing. interesting. And it's, so they, they've they've created a, a a statutory definition of trophy hunting, which is hunting. Or it is fishing. Like if I'm intentionally pursuing bluegill, 
you could you could you could insert bluegill into that statute and so yeah. the yeah. one of the what, there's a lot of fear there's a lot of worries here the, one of the worries is that there's now a if this is approved by the voters in in Colorado you'll have in the statute in the law a definition of trophy hunting which is the same as hunting mm-hmm. and you could very easily swap out mountain lion with bighorn sheep with elk with bluegill with yep. bass with any animal you want and in colorado there's actually there's been electeds that have already i believe is elected who proposed like hey bighorn sheep's the call the, the state animal of colorado why are we allowing them to be hunted you know maybe we shouldn't have mm, them be trophy hunted yeah. either so like the seeds are already planted for this to be extrapolated out into other species and once it's in the law once it's in the in a in a legal form in you know written legal form in in one state it's very easy to ha- have it go to another state just so copy for and a paste. lot of re- yeah copy and paste so the, for a lot of reasons besides the fact that in principle we as a community need to support each other and we need to support the use of hunting as a mechanism towards successful wildlife management everywhere besides that if this is successful there, it's going to come to other states yeah. and it's going to come to other species. So um, there's a lot of reasons for us to get behind. Um, and I mentioned CRWM. I would love for, you know, we were talking about how earlier, how, how, how's great. How's a 501c3? How needs money too, right? Mm-hmm. Howell is committed this year to directing as much funding as we can, not through Hal, but to CRWM. And this is one of the challenges with all the all the different NGOs that participate in the landscape here. Most of the NGOs that do fantastic work for habitat and for species are not mm-hmm. set up to funnel money into advocacy issues. Yeah, I, I agree. That's they're that's just not been, set up for that. Yeah, there, there, there's been that. a lot of discussion about that recently, yeah. especially on this show, where you know this it is not. I have I love the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. I, I love I love all these yeah. these NGO or um, these organizations that that do habitat work. We need them, but I we've got to start taking a different approach because they they can't do anything about this other than voice their opinion, and, no. and sometimes that's it's, not even. But you no, know they can't they can't for a number of reasons. One, it's not their skill set. Two, it's not their cho- their chosen advocacy. They're really good. Like so, we talk about let's. I don't pick on RMF. RMF is phenomenal when it comes to elk management, elk habitat, elk biology, elk relocation, all things elk. RMF is amazing at it. Howl for wildlife will never go out and buy 18,000 acres in Oregon to commit it to elk habitat. Like yeah, Howl yeah. can't do that. So different missions. So we have sure. different missions. And so what but how is also, and we're in the advocacy space in terms of enabling individuals to become advocates for what they believe in and in terms of education. But even how is a 501c3 is not in a position to push money over there because of the tax, the way the tax code set up. And so the need right now is for individuals, if you want to support this issue in Colorado, is to make donations to Coloradans for responsible wildlife management because that every dollar that goes to them goes into the fight and they've already had some great success they've already they've already funded the legal challenges that created a four-month delay with this initiative if this initiative had not had some friction put in place in october they would have been signing getting 
their their signature gathering done in the fall in yeah. November and December when people are out shopping like crazy and they wouldn't they may have already had their signatures gathered now they'd have to do it with four months less time and so we've there've already been some wins at the title level at the Supreme Court level this whole, all this stuff goes through the Supreme Court at some point there's been wins and delays in terms of how this is going to be presented and when and how much time the opposition has to get their get their signatures on it mm -hmm. um when it comes time to write checks for billboard ads and media ads and social media pop-up ads and things to put the right messaging in front of your average non-hunter crwm is going to write those checks and they need a war chest gotcha they do. And, and, you know, they have right on their website, you can go uh, again, folks, save the hunt, Colorado.com. That'll I'll, I'll put that in the show notes. In fact, I'll nice. Um, so this, this kind of stuff, I always get, I have to be careful because I get, I get so worked up over this stuff, Mike. I, I, I like, we're going to win. We're, Here's the we're deal. Gonna we're going to, we're going to win. But we're I want to talk about this trophy hunting thing for a minute. This, the, the, yeah. The ever evolving definition of what trophy hunting is, and and like you know, I I follow. It's funny. I'll get uh, people will DM me on Instagram. They're like, "Why are you following following such and such group?" Well, because I follow these these organizations amongst the uh, let me try it out anti hunting industry, and uh, I, I I do I follow them to see what they're posting, see what they're talking about, and and it's it is incredulous to me that yeah. they are able to even get away with saying some of the stuff that they do. You know, somebody, one of them posted something the other day where they're like, uh, you know, they're talking about trophy hunting and, and I, I put in the comments, can somebody here please define, tell me what is the difference between trophy hunting and non-trophy hunting, right? And, and versus please regular hunting. Edu educate me. <laughs> exactly. And nobody would answer. Instead, they just attacked me. And it, well, you're a hunter, right. obviously. So how would you define it? No, I'm asking you. I, I know how to define trophy hunting. It's you guys that are following this page that posted this propagated bullshit that is thinking that trophy hunting means I take my kid up on the mountain and we shoot the biggest buck we could find because that's what we're going after. And that's not right. what trophy hunting is. And so, so please help me, help me understand. It's just like when they, when you're talking about ballot box biology and all these people that they're, they're going to be coming to, to get these signatures, to get this on the ballot. And then they're going to run all these ads and put up billboards yep. and send out yep. postcards to everybody's home. And they're going to talk about trophy hunting and people are going to have, like there was a study talking about, where the the populace of it within the United States, like eighty six percent of them or whatever, approve of hunting if it's done for meat, uh, to, for, to yeah for consumption you know, for yep. consumption, and and then the that that number goes way down if it says if if they're just out there to trophy hunt, but yet nobody can actually describe those people that they pull, can define it. What is trophy hunting versus no. non trophy hunting, and and so it's just. That that is, I think we have failed as hunters over the last few decades. Mm -hmm. Is fighting this, uh, allowing this this industry to define what it is that we do. We let somebody yep. else define us, yep. and here we are, yep. where we've got this uphill battle to climb in 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 Colorado. Um, and and I, I do like this Colorado for responsible wildlife. Man, that's a great website. They even have the uh, 
uh, North American Model of Wildlife Conservation. You could print out the whole Get some great videos. Yeah, great, great There's stuff. There's some great resources there. Yeah. And people, yeah. they, they want... They want people to download those videos, to share them. They want people to, to whatever resources are on that website, they want the hunting community to share those resources out into the non-hunting space because there's a lot of information there and, and some visuals and stuff that really help underscore the value of hunting as, as a conservation tool. So, you yeah, know, trophy, and, and they, they have the, a the average non-hunter thinks of trophy hunting as what is truly poaching. They think of, mm-hmm. they think of the poachers that, that kill indiscriminately take some artifact off of that animal and leave the rest to ride. Like yeah. that. And, and the thing is, is, we all hate that. Like none of us are in favor of that. And that's Hunters poaching. hate that more than anybody else. More, more than anybody else. Exactly. And so my, like, like my vision, hunting is human. There's a whole program coming out from Hal in the next year that is based on the hunting is human concept. And the thing that we, and, and it's based on the concept of retaking the field retaking the arena with the non-hunting mind, the non-hunter sentiment. Like we've abandoned that. We did, we let the anti-hunting industry take over the mind and the sentiment of the non-hunter by defining these terms on their terms, define these words and these slogans or whatever on their terms. Letting them define us. Yeah, We know, we know that trophy hunting is being selective. It's passing on immature animals. It's trying to take the largest, oldest male off the landscape, who is the most resource heavy that contributes the least to the to the population. We know that trophy hunters pay in more than they take out because they're paying because they usually eat tags. They're also paying for tags or, or access to hunt in, in ways that nobody else that other people can't afford. So when you look at trophy hunting in the true sense of it, not poaching. Look at trophy hunting for what's actually happening in a trophy hunting ecosystem. It's the most ecologically and economically sustainable version of hunting there is. Yep. That is where I want five, 10 years from now, the average non-hunter to think of trophy hunting. And I want them to think of it as like the Olympics. That is the height of excellence in hunting. Because you're paying in more, you're taking out less, and what you're taking out is the mo- is the right one to take out of the out of out of the out of the population. So, the, the, one of the big things that I that troubles me, and when, something that I, I I think about a lot, I write about this. I, I you know we talk about it on this show a lot. Is I I couldn't agree more. It, it, I I've always said that. Uh, we don't need to convince hunters. They're already on our side and they always, yep. they already understand the, the, you know, thousands of years of history that is humanism and, and how that connects to being a hunter. Uh, we, we're, we're not going to go change the minds of the anti hunting folks. Um, they've already, they, they've already, they've got that group think that, that, that bias is kicked in. They're not open to looking at other things. So that, they're either they're bought the in or they're paid for. Yeah, they're either bought they're into bought it or they're yep. paid for. <laughs> exactly. It's, it, and, but then there's the middle. The there's it's like the, the middle. middle. And that's yeah. what we talk about. And it's a big group of the population. I mean, I, I would, I would just guesstimate that is roughly 90% of the population of, of, uh, I'm just, I'm speaking yeah. United States. Yeah, uh, you know, active annual tag holders is only some sitting somewhere around four percent of the population. 
uh, you, you, you look at, you look at people that randomly buy tags and, and maybe they'll get a duck stamp or whatever, you know, that starts going up uh, upwards of around 10%, but, but the mm-hmm. people that buy tags every year and actively hunt every year mm-hmm. and, uh, get in trouble with their spouse every year. Cause they spend too much time in the woods, chasing deer and bear and everything else. Those are the people that make up roughly 4% of the population. And so I, um, it's that, it's that 90% of those, the, the folks that don't. And, and, and we, we've talked, again, we've talked about that a lot. So my question always comes to this. How do we reach those people? Because we don't have, you mentioned earlier, and it's a great point. They seek funding on a national level mm-hmm. to take that money and spend it on a local issue, right? Mm-hmm. How do we replicate that, but through messaging so that the general public, mm-hmm. if you go, if I get in my truck right now and I drive 45 minutes away over to Sandpoint, Idaho, and I go in Walmart mm-hmm. and I walk up to some random person that doesn't hunt, they couldn't tell me the first thing about the North American model of wildlife conservation. Nope. It couldn't tell me uh, what uh, a trophy hunt means to them. They, they don't know the difference. Yeah. You know, that, that, and why should they? That, like, why should it's like, not their thing? Why, why should they don't care? It's like, not why, their thing. Like there's and, stuff there. There's, I don't follow golf. Like yeah, I couldn't I'm, tell you the either. first thing I, about golf. Dude, I don't so, even know who's you know? playing in the Super Bowl no. this weekend. I, right. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't follow football. That's why I like exactly. to make fun of football teams and I, yeah. I equally bash them. So, uh, so, but, so they don't, they have oh, no, they have no interest in caring. Yeah. Um, but then they're forced to care. Because something shows up on ballot a ballot. Yep. Now they're forced to care and they're forced to and make they a saw quick, a commercial that was one quick decision. Right. Yep. They, they So they'll see a, a video on YouTube going yep. around social media that was made by, you know, Center for Bio, Biodiversity or Carol Baskin or, or whatever. And and my question is, is like, how do we combat that? And how do we reach those people? Because, and I, I mean, in a realistic way, I, yeah. we can't ever expect that the average citizen non-hunter is going to fully understand the North American model and be able to yeah. define the seven principles, you know, of that and blah, blah, blah. We're not, we're not no. trying to bore them to death, but what ideas do you have? And does Hal have to reach those kind of people and, and try to, at least get them to think, okay, I saw this anti-hunting video. Here's something else that shows me there's a different side to this story. And maybe I should, I should do some, you know, my own critical thinking on it. Right. So in Colorado, CRWM is going to, going to, going to run a number of paid ads, advertising mechanisms to communicate in 15 to 30 second, you know, messages Mm -hmm. that, about the value of regulated hunting to the data that you that the CPW gets from it the fact that there's 20 20 to 25 times more mountain lions in Colorado now than there were when they first became a big game animal like in a regulated hunting system you have wild success the non-hunter usually thinks that if an animal is trying to be protected it's it's threatened right but actually in, yep. in a hunting system. So wildlife success comes from regulated hunting. That's a, that's takes three seconds to say wildlife success across numerous species takes place in regulated hunting systems. So don't take the regulations away. Don't remove the animal from that regulated hunting system. We eat the meat. 
you know, 99% of big game animals in North America, you have to take the meat with you. You have to consume the meat. It has to be part of your ethic and part of your process. So identifying one side, the, the anti-hunters are saying, they're saying mountain lion meat's inedible. And then show there needs to be a visual of, look at these 73 recipes submitted to us by mountain lion hunters. Not only is it not inedible, it's fantastic. So we need to show visuals that I identify the fact that we eat mountain lion, we eat bear, we eat elk, we eat grouse, we eat quail, like we eat the meats, the, the animals that we harvest from the landscape are edible. And then the other part of it is just there's purpose. Like, no, we're not trying to remove wolves from the landscape of North America. There's purpose in managing them, though. And then the last thing is like, we've been doing R3 for a long time, you know, recruit, reactivate, retain. I think we've stumbled on, and it's not my, I didn't stumble on, I'm parodying what I've, what I've heard recently, but I think we've stumbled on the fourth R that's probably the most important to all of this. And that's relevance or relatability. We need non-hunters to understand the relevance of hunting on the landscape. We need non-hunters to understand, have a relatable relationship with hunting they don't have to do it we don't have to drag them out and make them hunters because people are going to choose to or not right but if they just have an idea that they relate to oh the best populations of these species exist in regulated hunting systems then no i cringe at it i wouldn't do it myself but let's keep those populations successful by having them in those regulated hunting systems I look at, um, I couldn't agree more with uh, basically everything you just said there. there. There's nothing to, I always look for ways. Okay. Well, how would I, how would I, you know, come back and debate with this if I was playing devil's advocate? And I, I've, I've just got nothing with that because I don't think you can argue against it. Um, I look at things like, you know, the homestead community, they have managed to, uh, kind of put on this persona and get the message out there that what they do is sustainable it's natural it's healthy and and all these things so like people generally have this positive vibe when it comes to like homesteaders right um and and what what you were just describing with hey here's here's 73 recipes for mountain lion meat and and um this is how these populations stay healthy is through through hunting and and um you know like Idaho, Idaho looks at it that way. That's how the ID, ID, I, geez, man, Idaho fishing game. <laughs> That's how they, um, they look at managing wildlife is, is wildlife yeah. management is done through hunting. Right. And that's, that's no question here. 20 years from now, that could be a totally different thing, but that, as of yeah. right now, that's, that's how they look at it. And so all those good things that you said and, and the messaging that, that you're relaying, I think would be very crucial, critical, and and important. And I'd love to be involved with getting that kind of mess. I, like it'd be easy for me to make a video yeah. that talks about the um, the health of the ecosystem and the habitat these animals live in, and yep. why regulated hunting has made them this way, right? And and in in very much a layman's terms, so the eyes of the non-hunter doesn't glaze over. It's just yep. a simple, quick little education. Yeah. The question I have with that is um, what's the delivery system? How, uh, how do we get, like, if I put a video on YouTube, I could share that on my social media channels, right? Mm-hmm. So that's going to, it's going to get in front of, 
I don't know. I, I don't know how that algorithm thing works yep. uh, because like, you know, maybe, maybe a half of my followers or something will see the link right. or whatever, you know, right. and maybe a 10th of them are going to click on it and watch it. So I, the, the, we're up against these, these, uh, this yeah. industry that has millions of dollars to put it on TV ads and, and things like that. Like what about how do hunters get a 30 second commercial for the freaking Super Bowl, right. And talk about we, this. We, we buy it. I, I know, but the, we're talking so, millions of dollars. Well, and, and yeah. So how do we raise we, it? We, we spend, we spend billions, large billions of dollars on all things related to hunting. We're talking about like for CRWM in Colorado, if every person that holds non-resident points in Colorado took the cost of a box of ammo and dedicate it to CRWM, we would probably have five times as much money as needed to crush this thing in Colorado. We're so, all gonna. Oh, wait, wait, we're, gonna wait, wait. we're gonna drive there someday. We're <laughs> gonna. We're we're buying a license. We're buying at least a small game license, right? We're buying a license. We're paying for points. I mean, heck, uh, bighorn sheep, mountain goat points, and moose points are a hundred bucks a, a point in Colorado, right? If so we're every buying hunter points. spent, what was the dollar amount you said? Like the like the what? What's your ammo? You you seven seven mm? You know, Remington Magnum. You get sixty bucks a box, right? Yeah, easy for ammo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we took. And if I'm a waterfowler, what's a box of shells cost? Like, what's a box of shells? Like, if we took whatever it is that we hunt with, we took a the cost of a box of ammo, one box of ammo, and if we all dedicated that to CRWM, they'd probably have five times as much money as needed to, to defeat this in Colorado this year. You know what I like about and that? So, like, yeah. that the, the box of ammo is, is a really good... It's not a pun, but it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, for the cost of a box of ammo, that Relatable. gives us more ammo <laughs> against this, right. this industry that is well-funded, you know? Yeah. Send us a box of ammo. Let's fill the war chest. We need one box of ammo. We need a box of ammo equivalent from every hunter, which is nothing compared to the time, the gas, the clothes, the boot leather, like all the, all that we put into it. If we choose as a, as a community to prioritize the messaging for that fourth R, the relatability and the relevance into the non-hunting community, we've got, we'll have billboards. And this is what Howl is working on, like outside of Colorado. Howl's working on the ideas of billboards outside of Seattle. Like Washington State is getting crushed right now. They've got a really... I'll say corrupt. I'd other people say just off track. Other people say, you know, intentionally biased commission that's really doing harm to, to, to hunting in, in Washington state. But if you had a, and, and so like the commissions, they're not elected. So well, what, how do, how do the electeds care? Well, we need to influence with the senators that approve those commissions. We need to influence the governor who seats those commissioners. If, and to influence those electeds, we need the average non hunter to know that there's a hunter in their community. You know, I use, I was talking to the, the guys at PN wild recently. And I said, you know, if you work at Amazon and you get in the elevator and you go up to the 14th floor and there's 200 other people work on that floor and you're a hunter, do those 200 people know that you hunt? 
Yeah, well, you we said something the, similar on, on my show a couple of years ago. Yeah, and so that's the key. Like, like as an individual, you got to let your community know what your values are and what's important to you. And if they like you <laughs> and they respect you, they're more likely to vote in a way that doesn't take things away from you. So there's that. But putting a, a billboard, putting billboards in and out of these metropolitan centers that 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 put hunting different faces, different genders, different ethnicities, all the yeah. different yeah, All the different types of hunters that are up that, that are in the community, put them up there and identify, you know, bear meat, mountain lion meat, you know, waterfowl. Like there's so many different stories that we can tell. We're not telling them at scale and we're not telling them in a way that's relatable to the general, the general public. And so we don't need to convince them to love hunting. We need to create friction for the anti-hunting messages, which are exactly that's a great way to put it, Mike. That that's that's exactly been my point for a long time. You just articulated it better than I do. Is it, we're we're not trying to turn the non-hunter into hunters. Like no, I, I'm I'm <laughs> the mountains crowded enough. That's what I say. Yeah, but we uh we we do need to not even not even create there. I I like to create friction with the anti-hunting industry, mm-hmm. but it's it's also creating that light bulb in people's mind that maybe there's another side to the story that's being relayed to them. That's yep. always been for the last 20 years, 25, 30 years. Um, you know, and, and so I love the billboard idea and I love the video. I, I always thought Mike, like if we could get a super bowl ad, right. Yeah. Cause I, I don't know how many people watch super bowl, but it's a shitload. So yeah. like if we had kind of what you were saying, Different people pop on for two seconds and my fa- mm-hmm. favorite wild gay meat is bear and, and, and then somebody else. And then, you know, everybody talks about my favorite thing about hunting is, is my connection to nature and, and, and yep. just kind of roll through these different voices and different show these different sides to the, to the human, um, spirit that is connected to hunting and, yep. and, and show that they are normal people. They're not just a bunch of thuggery. They're, they're not a right. bunch of savage redneck hillbilly beasts out there trying to yeah and this is coming from a pretty savage redneck hillbilly beast but (laughs) you know it's not how it always is and so if we showed the different sides like nobody would look at my 14 year old daughter almost 15 now good lord um and think that she is a hunter and 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 and, but she is she's a great hunter and she is freaking into it man that's what she talks about she she would break like she would like an image of, of a 15-year-old girl hunting, taking a bear. Yeah. Like would blow the minds. It would just shatter so many preconceptions and, and misconceptions. And that's that, what we're that going to have there, that Which is way. what we have to do, which is yeah. what we have to do. If, if, if the average non-hunter in Colorado knows that mountain lion meat is not only edible, but preferred by those that pursue mountain lions. Yes. When they hear the message, when they see the ad that where Carol Baskins is saying that mountain lions inedible, they know they're being lied to. And as soon as they know they're being lied to, they distrust the entire anti-hunting industry's campaign. Is and that what the they're key. doing, Mike? They've got Carol Baskins doing that. It, she's like... she's one of the she's one of the celebrity proponents. She doesn't live in Colorado. Oh, she's one see? of the ce- celebrity like talking heads. See that the, Tiger King guy campaign. was right all along, man. She's evil as all get out. 
Yeah, she's one of the she's one of the <laughs> she's one of the proponents of this whole thing. And so wow, I didn't when, even know that. Yeah, so out of state celebrities, out of state money, interests, etc., and they're using the fact you know they're they're saying Mount Lion meets inedible as a statement of fact. And if the average person hears that and they know that that alone is a lie, then they're going to distrust the rest of that campaign's messaging. And that's the key. It doesn't, we're not trying to recruit people to eat mountain lion. We're trying to recruit people to know the fact that it is edible, that we do harvest and we take this meat and we consume what we, what we harvest and that they're being lied to 90% of the time, if not more, they're being lied to by the anti-hunting industry. And it's uh, as soon as the average, you know, Joe and Joe and Joe and Susie public know that they're being lied to, they'll start to abandon those interests and the ideas that they're they're that they're trying to push forward i i i think that i i I just i i like the way you describe this stuff mike i I feel like you have a real calm uh pragmatic approach to it that i i think would be really effective um because i I, again some of this stuff i i didn't know i didn't know they were using carol baskets i i thought this is how out of the loop i am man i thought Taylor Swift was this girl that sang songs that like teenagers listen to. And apparently she's a big ass, she's a big ass deal, man. She's all over social media right she now. Is, well, and, and, well, she I does know. sing songs that teenagers listen to, and therefore she's a big ass deal. Yeah, I guess maybe that's if we it, could just right? get all but... the teenagers to think hunting's cool and so <laughs> and and that we and you know, if we could get all the teenagers but, to know, and that's the other thing. I, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole. Go if for we it. Teach, if we teach the children, the naysayers will die. Those are not my words. That can't, I, I'm quoting a Huberman podcast recently. But any major social movement requires us to educate the youth. Yeah. And the anti-hunting industry has been doing that against us yeah. proactively in a lot of ways, subtly, for the last 20 to 40 years. We need to get fifth grade biology, you know, the one week they spent on biology in fifth grade or sixth grade, we need to get 10 minutes isolating the fact that hunting is the number one mechanism that drives wildlife success in modern conservation. And then in high school, we need to be an hour or a week. Like we need, we need to get more writing. We need to get, so that's the kids. We need to get more writing letters to the editor you know, to, to express yeah. the values of hunting. Like we're, we're so we've just, we've just been out of the arena and we haven't been playing the game um, because we didn't like the rules. And so the fact is, is the arena is there. What we need to win is the non hunting public mind. Yeah. And so we've got to step in and start sharing the stories and the values and that, that some of it is, anecdotal sharing the visuals and the stories to our community some of it is investing putting some 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 money in that that you know funding with a box of ammo type of thing to to create to enable us to put that super bowl ad on because that 15 second super bowl ad run you know in in the in the second quarter in the third in the fourth quarter of that game would reach a lot of people and it would have a lot of people going huh hadn't seen it that way yeah exactly and it, it's the the key was something like that is not to have like if you look people look at me i look like a hunter i look at mike but mike 
I could tell you're a hunter. Like they're they're well, not that there is a, a bear behind me. But. <laughs> you've got a bear behind you. That's cheating, man. And so I, I it's not that. And, and again, don't take that wrong. It's not you look like a hunter or I look like yeah. a hunter. It's it's it wouldn't surprise somebody to learn that Mike and I hunt if they just met us for the first time, right? Whereas uh, if we had faces on an ad like that, that would surprise people that they hunt. Uh, I I think that like would a fifteen year old girl. A fifteen-year-old girl, yeah. If and, yeah, and like whoa, I, what? It would it would blow people's mind to see what my my. Uh, she's not fifteen yet. Quit making her older. Yeah. She's only fourteen for another. I don't know four weeks. <laughs> so no, I'm kidding. Um, you know, but that kind of stuff is, uh, I think, would have a much greater impact. Sure. You know, uh, just demographics. I think would be important with that. I is I guess one way to put it. Um, yeah. You know, so yeah. I think this is all great. So, Mike, uh, you know, we I, I don't want to keep you too long here, but can can you talk to us about how people can uh, start getting involved in and making that needle start move a little bit from the some of the solutions that we've talked about? You know, I yeah. really like billboards. I, I've, I've been talking about that for about a year or so. I really like the commercial idea, whether it's yep. just a YouTube video that we if we got if we got. 10,000 hunters to share the same video on all their social media feeds that would achieve the same as putting, uh, you know, some ad on TV during, you know, the, you know, the golden girls or something. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, no, um, you know, how (laughs) it's a small audience, but thank you. (laughs) No, it's, um, so like tactical, tactical thing that we need to do right now is support, save the hunt, Colorado.com. We need, we need to support there. People need to check out that website and donate what they can. That money is going to go to the development and execution delivery of messaging that we're talking about in Colorado. There are some other resources in Colorado that I think are really valuable. The Colorado Wildlife Council produces messaging that goes out statewide that's talking about what we're talking about. It shares a lot of the, the wildlife success stories that come from managed hunting in Colorado. Some great resources there. As for, and so how for Wildlife wants nothing more than Colorado to, to, to be a win, a victory for us. And that means a no vote on this initiative. And I mean, supporting Save the Hunt, Colorado.com. How for Wildlife, if you want to join and support How for Wildlife and what we're doing on this, membership is great you can join be a member i think you know it's 35 bucks a year donations are obviously welcome we're working on some other bigger funding mechanisms pn wild's got a big one going right now which is super exciting and there's matching donors that are stepping it up big time on that we're starting charles and i are starting to toy with uh paid media you know 10 10 cents 25 cents an impression type stuff um that we can test out online. And then the billboard idea, I think is, is maybe later this year, we need to figure out like what, what's, what's it cost? Like, what's it really cost to run? It depends on the billboard. billboards. It depends yeah. on the billboard and the location. Yep. Right. You want to hit a, you want to hit a million eyeballs in, in Seattle, it's going to cost a couple bucks. Um, and, but that's the goal, like that's the need. And so we're working on, on that messaging and there's, there's a, a website in development that is speaks to the hunting as human concept. Um, and that's going to be 
It's not going to be recruiting hunters. It's going to be about the fourth R. It's going to be about the relevance and relatability so that the non-hunter understands that hunting is intrinsically human. And if they're going to do something to take away hunting, they're not just, they're not taken away from you and me. They're taking away an intrinsic human value and human right from communities of all types. And um, I think it's important for people to know in our in our woke modern age that just because four percent of the nation or any you know a state or whatever just because four percent do this big game hunting thing that's not a reason to take it away in fact that's a reason to protect it it's it's just it's a key fundamental american thing to everything what what i well i'm not talking about hunting it's it's the protection of the minority yeah that's what a republic is right that's what a republic is everybody runs around oh you hear especially the woke wokesters are constantly saying oh they're 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 ruining our democracy bitch we don't have a democracy this is not a democracy (laughs) if we lived in a democracy we could put a ballot on the national election day saying uh should hunting be allowed yes or no and people could vote outvote our four percent population and end sure. hunting like that that's a democracy like any other four percent uh, population just like any and other that's 4%. the threat and, and that the is threat. the threat like i and think that's roughly the same amount as like we have roughly four percent of the american population is jewish can right. can can that be viable we can go right. vote the jews out of existence or something like right. like what is wrong with people we have and, a republic. And they step into the trap they step we, into the trap like exactly. only 4% of you of, of washingtonians or of you know of, of californians do this so therefore it's like that you just is, stepped into the absolute social bias trap of the decade of the century by saying because we're a minority group because you don't like our social activity you don't like the, at a social level you want to you want to yeah. limit it like hell no you're a bigot and i want to see more of us we need to call them out as bigots because they are oh i do i have been for a long time i and yeah. I, I hope you heard that on my podcast mike but I've, yeah. that's what i've been saying for a long time yeah. is, is the the leftists the wokesters those those folks are the biggest bigots i know and they don't understand the difference between a republic versus a democracy and that's why you hear a lot of them saying well you know the popular vote is uh you know what what should matter the most no that's that's democracy that's like what yep. what started nazi germany we're talking about a we have a republic that republic is designed to protect folks like you and i and yep. and our neighbors who don't do it we do but have something else that they do that is not necessarily in the mass majority and right. so that's the point of a of a republic so i uh i just i hope that's clear for people it drives that yeah. that's something that drives me crazy yep well uh mike this has been this has been we might need to up our game man you and i might need to do like a an update every six weeks or something where where we revisit these topics because i'm sick of and this isn't you this isn't me but what i'm what i'm growing tired of is is a lot of these conversations are being had but but not it there's a lot more conversation taking place than action and, yeah. and I, I, I really am uh, interested in in helping move the needle on that. And I want to help take action. Cool. I, I will I will help fund billboards. I will help put together videos and 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 whatever we can all do. Like, right. remember, remember when Hal did that thing where um, 
you guys had a bunch of us that did podcasts and stuff film ourselves talking about something right and, yeah. they, and they put it into one compilation yeah that's that the kind of yeah that's like the that. kind of thing that will um so when we get these folks that don't when people look at them they don't necessarily look like a hunter if we can get a compilation mm-hmm. like that going and, yep. and have them tell us what what their favorite thing about hunting is you know yep. and 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 those kind of compilations yeah put those out there i would help fund getting that out there you know how you can nice. like promote a post on social media and it costs so much money and we could pick a non-hunting demographic i i don't know i again i spit no, a lot you're, uh, i just want to ask you're on the right track for, you know, a dollar a day. You can, you can put, you can, you can feed a post into a specific audience at a specific city, you know, with a specific set of interests. Yeah. And so you ask like tactically, you know, how do we do that? But that's exactly how we do it. We use technology. We, we use the technology that's there to know. Um, that's what they do. Oh, these people, this person has been within a mile of, of, of whole foods in Denver in the last, you know, two weeks. And so mm-hmm. therefore they're going to, there be the one, you know, you geofence, geofence the location and you make a assumption about the, the demographic that goes to that location. And then you start feeding people ads. If they, if they step into that circle um, within X distance of a, of a location, they get the ads. And so, yeah. you know, we can do these things. And so there is technology. The technology will not always be a barrier for us. It won't always be a blocker. It's actually, there's technology that we can use to leverage it. And, and our, our, our goal and plan is to start small, you know, yeah, it's going to be one ad or a series of little 30, 30 second videos that pop up into one demographic and one, in one metropolitan area. Um, we'll start seeing how that works and then we'll start growing from there. But I think you'll see this happening in Colorado at scale with SaveTheHuntColorado.com and the funding that they're going to get through this national outreach and this grassroots support um, to win in Colorado. And I think it's most important. We're going to win in Colorado because the community is getting engaged. Donations have been received from 49 states. Just, just yeah. real quick, but before before you go too much further here, I'm going to yeah. I am on. The save the hunt Colorado.com and there's a both uh there there's a button that says donate here. Yeah. Uh, if you guys are listening to this, as Mike is is finishing this up, I am gonna show you how quick this is. I'm gonna donate and and if it, you can go on and type other, if everybody listening to this just put five bucks into it, like you can't even get a cheeseburger at McDonald's for five bucks anymore. Yeah, let's let everybody listening to this. Please consider doing this. If they do five dollars, choose the three dollar add-on to cover the credit card processing, please. Because <laughs> otherwise, they okay, only get eight, two. Bucks, eight bucks, <laughs> eight bucks, maybe eight bucks. Eight bucks. They get five. You, that's credit card where gets three. Maybe um, you can actually get a cheeseburger uh, at, yeah. for for eight bucks. But but here's here's what I'm I'm going to just kind of fill this out real quick while you're finishing this up. Yeah. Show people it's not that big of a deal. It's super quick and super easy. So Monday of this week. Uh, 63 donations came in. I think Tuesday, like over 50 came in. They're getting dozens of donations a day. And like I said, 49 states have donations. The only donation that hasn't come in yet is from Hawaii. So we know there's a mule deer hunter or an elk hunter or a lion hunter in Hawaii. So we just need that. We need some Hawaiians to fill the gap there. And and then we can say we've got donations from all 50 states going to savethehuntcolorado.com. Donations are coming in small. You know, you get your tens and your twenties. Donations are coming in huge. People are wiring hundred thousand dollar 
donations. Individuals, not corporations, not, not not NGOs. Some of the Bam, NGOs are done. stepping I up I just too. donated, by the way. You, you That's just how donated. Quick it was. Yep. It's that fast. Um, so people are sending tens and twenties and hundreds, and people are sending thousands and five thousands and and there's been some fifty and hundred thousand dollar donations too. Um, people Dude, I don't that, have that, fifty thousand dollars to no, send, in, but 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 there's people that drop big money on 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 conservation through those through those uh, through tags and whatnot. Mm-hmm. They're stepping in here because they know this is a value to conservation and to hunting. Um, so it doesn't, you know, every people are giving what they can. And I, I, the metric I like to use, like I said earlier, what's the cost of a box of ammo? If we all donate yeah. the cost of a box of ammo and under Biden's America or it's less than a tank of gas, <laughs> more than a latte, yeah. less than a tank of gas. And, um, and we crush this. We absolutely crush this. And then absolutely. there's probably money left over in the war chest to do battle in other states as well. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And th- this is this is how th- th- we need to take action. I, I love these conversations, Mike, but I, I, I get I get like just super antsy about the fact that so many of these conf- conversations are had. See how worked up I'm getting? And, yeah. and the, but the action behind it does not keep up. And, and this is where I think we're going to, it's hard. You guys just saw me. I mean, it, it took me like 30 seconds. I typed in my name address and put some credit card info in there and I just donated 20 bucks to this thing. And, and if you guys, if you guys can jump on listening to this, the, the link is in the show notes. So as you're listening to this, the link is going to be right there. Just click on that. It'll say save the hunt Colorado. Uh, and, and you could just take, take 30 seconds and donate five bucks or eight bucks do eight bucks so that he's right the credit card processing fee uh is a big deal um love it I thank you <laughs> anyway i know and then and then the other you know you mentioned tracking this like we, we should check in we should check in in a, in a in a couple months to see where we are on this um we get out of show season you know there's hunt expos coming up there's a great mile high you know outdoors expo in denver in early april so some big events coming up for, to continue the network and continue the the outreach on this, where where a lot of donations are coming together. Yeah, so we should check in. But listeners, if they want to follow what's happening, like on a daily and weekly basis, CRWM on Instagram, they, their account's starting to crush it with updates. Howl for wildlife, of course. I think it's Howl underscore org um, on Instagram is always at the forefront with information about these issues. So follow, follow Howl and follow CRWM and go to save the hunt, Colorado.com. And we're going to win. We're going to win here and we're going to build momentum and start, start making progress in other States as well, um, where we need it. Just taking a bunch of notes here. So I just followed CRWM on, on Instagram there. Awesome. Uh, so, guys, that that's what I'm going to have in the show notes. I'll have their Instagram. I'm going to have Hal's Instagram, and then I'm going to have the CRWM website, which is SaveTheHuntColorado.com. Um, so that's that's just uh, we're we're going to make it super simple. Blow my mind, folks. Let's let's see let's see a, like an actual difference take place here, uh, and, and let's move the needle for a change. You know, I, I've said it. I think this is like the fourth podcast. I'll say this in a row. But I'm going back to that full metal jacket line. Uh, this is a giant shit sandwich, and we all have to take a bite. <laughs> so let's put the money where your mouth is. 
and let's let's do this, man. Let's do it. So, Mike, priceless. I appreciate you joining me, man. This is uh, always yeah, always a you. pleasure having you on the show. Um, I, I really my, enjoy your my percent. favorite two hours today. I guarantee awesome. you that. Me too, man. I love me it. Too, Thank sure. you. So, uh, Stay again, warm. well, this uh, we'll put this out and we'll uh, we'll see what happens, man. And and uh, right again, on. thanks again rock, for rock and roll for uh, for joining me. You made it. That's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure you're following us on Instagram at the Western Huntsman and write us a good review at Apple Podcasts. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Stay Western, and I'll see you 